we all kind of dream that we'll just like go into the bedroom and make a baby. Most mm-hmm. of our lives are kind of a- around that, right? Which mm-hmm. are, you know, very much, we do everything we can to try and not get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then when we try to get pregnant and it doesn't happen right away, we're like, what the hell? Hello. Hello. Welcome to At Home. This is a place where we explore all the nooks and crannies of what makes us feel at home. The good, the meh, and the messy. We've been together over 10 years and we still have a lot to learn about each other. <laughs> I've been with myself for a long time and I still haven't figured myself out. It's a process. Well, there will be heated debates. Yeah, because Drew has very strong opinions mm-hmm. about everything, like leaving the toilet lit up. Well, hey, we'll just bring in experts to help us solve those. What about you, though? Leaving hair dolls in the shower. Ew. Uh, Those are gifts. (laughs) Yeah, that no one wants. This is all a part of our life at home. So, in our last few episodes, last few weeks, we talked about our amazing wellness team who have helped us in this past two-year journey for fertility. Mm-hmm. And before that, hello, everybody. Drew just likes to get oh, right yeah, into right. it. Hi, 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 how are you? <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I just wanted to dive in and talk about fertility. <laughs> this is, uh, it's all that's on my mind right now. Yeah. You're uh, over halfway through the journey here. And so, yeah, but, but hello. Yes. And how are you, Linda? <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. I'm, I'm doing great. Good. It's, it's I just feel like all of 2020 just flew by. Yeah. And now I feel like January's flying by. But maybe if I, I just try to say like- I like how you, you said all of, all of 2020 flew by. Oh my God, last year was 2020. Wait. She didn't even realize there was a 2021 oh my God. that flew by as well. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But maybe yeah. if I stop saying that, then it'll mm. just like, you know, snail pace. Who knows? When you're having fun, life moves <laughs> fast, right? <laughs> yeah. What's new? Baby journey. This is all about the baby that's journey new. right now. That, that's, that's well, that's, that's the, the old only new. thing on your. Well, it is. I mean, I think the 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 big thing that for me is has been fasting. So every night, I end the night with my hand on Linda's belly, and then every morning I start with my hand on Linda's belly. One, I want to hear or feel if there's any kicking or punching or whatever, and two, just I don't know, it just blows my mind the idea of creation. It's so bizarre. It is. It's amazing. What? Why are you looking at me like that? No, nothing. I'm just thinking. This is a slow episode, everyone. <laughs> Actually, which is perfect. Aren't all episodes slow episodes. If Linda's Can in it, all yes. episodes be slow episodes. That, that is Linda's dream that everything yeah. in life is slow. We've yeah. actually name dropped uh, Molly Sue a few times. She's our acupuncturist, and now she's going to be our doula. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a slow episode you because know, every session with Molly starts with a slow sesh of yes. talking. Yes, I love it. It's why I love going to see her. Um, side side note: Every time I hear the word doula, I think of you know what I'm going to say. Uh, what medulla oblongata? Yes, <laughs> I totally didn't say it right, but I just think of Whatever Adam Sandler. It is, you know, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, anyway, so we're excited to bring Molly Sue onto the show today to hear all about her wellness approach and um, just talk about how it's helped us and. And she'll talk about it as well. It wasn't the thing that like solved all our problems, but it definitely helped me and us slow our roles so yeah. that we could just go on like a better wellness journey. journey? That sounds so like no, no, I think hippy it, dippy, but like it's true. It has helped me slow down. 
It's helped me slow down. And be more aware of my body. I think the big thing is, so, so Molly's been working in the healing arts since 2008. She does massage therapy. She's an acupuncturist. She's a doula. She's here in California. What I love though is that she was our reminder to slow down. She helped us through massage and acupuncture and she's helped us sort of reset, which kind of puts our body in a better spot to focus on the baby making. Mm -hmm. And her whole approach involves like choreographing sessions to cater each person's needs. And she always emphasizes the importance of us participating in our own health. Yeah. And there's so much more we're going to learn because we haven't even got to her doula duties which we will, but doos. No more. Yeah, she's the doula doer. The doula doer. Do. Never mind. Doula doos equals doos. It was far more clever in our heads. Without any further ado, do. Without any further ado, This is Molly. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I'm just trying to think back to our very first sessions no, together. No, no, it was my. She's was mine. Your? Molly's oh, mine. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to remember like. Yes. So, I mean, Linda was recommended to um, somebody that she was going to, but uh, at the time... And then it time, just didn't work with, and she was great. Yeah, um, but she didn't She didn't have openings for me to come, and then I somebody uh, recommended Molly, and well, I started did. seeing... Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah that, the other doctor did. And um, I said I kept telling Linda about these amazing sessions I'm having for acupuncture, and it comes <laughs> with massage. And Linda's like, wait, wait, what? Acupuncture and massage? Wait, what? Because and, I'm so scared of needles. And also, like uh, like Molly was saying at the beginning, like the idea of this slow treatment, the moment uh, like I started describing from the beginning of the session where we're talking, getting in there first, I see Linda's face lighting up. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I the only one going to see well, Molly? Why were you seeing Molly? Because. Because like I was going for fertility and like thyroid stuff, ultimately fertility stuff. Hey. But like, my, why my, were you going again? I my, don't remember. You know, my <laughs> contribution to the birth is oh, important yes. to have fertility That's treatment true. as well. That's true. <laughs> it is a 50-50, you know. That's so. true. I, was, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so that, that was our whole thing. It was fertility acupuncture that we wanted to go to yeah. to try and do anything we can to help our bodies calm down and get in the right zone for baby making. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was trying to describe your space to someone, but I couldn't call it like a clinic because that sounds so clinical. <sighs> uh, but yeah, that's exactly what we feel the minute we step in. We take our shoes off. Like, you know, you're going into someone's home and there's always a candle burning and you always have the kettle on. 
and nice music. And then you had a little tree in there over the holidays. And it's nice because as soon as you walk in, like you said, it's sort of set, it's setting the vibe before we get into the treatment, or at least it's the, maybe there's the initial part of the treatment. But that all the distractions of the day, emails, things going through my head, the moment we step in the door, that conversation we have with you is sort of like that calming moment to let us get into that mindset where we're ready to go. I was thinking about that and I came across a term recently. Um, someone used slow medicine to me. Mm. And I don't know if I had ever really put a word, like or put a phrase to kind of like what my approach was, but that felt that resonated with me. And I think that is a big part of what I hope to accomplish in the treatment room, right? Mm. Is that, you know, it's more than just coming in for someone putting needles in certain spots or working out, you know, a a kink in your neck. And I think by kind of creating an inviting space where you can like sit on a couch and Mm -hmm. take your shoes off and it feels like inviting and comfortable so that you're able to really convey like the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. instead of it just being kind of this like superficial, you know, treatment or whatever. And I think that that helps us get down to like the true root of what we're really trying to accomplish, which is, you know, essentially wellness on yeah. all aspects. So yeah, slow medicine is a good description. Here, let's do a group yeah. sigh, right? One, two, three. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> um, can you describe your approach though and, and what you do? Sure. My background essentially, right? I mean, I started out with massage therapy. It Then I kind of added in acupuncture later and then became a birth doula. Acupuncture and massage like work synergistically in a way where they work well together in the in the ability to kind of reset the nervous system. And mm-hmm. I think that that is one of the biggest benefits of both. Is like if you kind of get yourself out of fight or flight and back into a parasympathetic zone, then there from there, then like that's where like the true healing can begin. And you know, it kind of shifts for each person, you know, I, like you know, it is based on the individual and that's why we sit and have a conversation prior to kind of starting anything because you know, that shifts on the day, you know, sure. Like my neck and shoulders are chronically tight, but maybe that day I'm like really struggling with my digestion or maybe on that day, I've just got, I've had this headache that I just can't kick sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I think by kind of having that time in the beginning of the session to really kind of see where you are today, that is really important because then that way it kind of paves the way for what we do in the treatment room later. Answer is professionally or unprofessionally as you want, but what was your first impression of us when you met us? I, yeah. <laughs> you can, you can be totally honest. You know, fertility in general is a delicate matter. At the end of the day, there, there are the people that are going in for, they're coming in for conscious conception, I call it, right? So they ha- they're just starting to think about possibly trying. They're just kind of like thinking about like getting their bodies as like, you know, as healthy as possible to go into this next stage of trying to conceive. Unfortunately, that's not the norm, though. People thinking about it prior. More times than not, it comes after trying for a while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you no know, success at it or losses or, you know, just or just nothing happening, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is kind of, that's the hard part of my job, I guess, is that people are coming in and very, very vulnerable. And like, I mean, I think talking to Drew, you were very like, matter of fact, like we've got a job to do. We're going to get it done. Like we'll figure it out. (laughs) But at the same time, right. It kind of comes with like, you have to be 
you have to be vulnerable and talk about something that's very personal and intimate between the two of you. That's a, it's a hard conversation to have with people. You know, we all kind of dream that we'll just like go into the bedroom and make a baby. Most mm-hmm. of our lives are kind of a, a, around that, right? Which mm-hmm. are, you know, very much, we do everything we can to try and not get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then when we try to get pregnant and it doesn't happen right away, we're like, what the hell? It's just like, it was an apprehensiveness, but we broke through that barrier. And I felt like, you know, we were all able to kind of put it all on the table and, and then, then we could really get down to it. Right. And like start to explore mm-hmm. all the feelings that go around this or mm-hmm. you know, around this topic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and apprehensiveness, do you mean like, um, just uncertainty of like what, next steps are or just like always like looking for that next step rather than yeah or like how much to share I'm asking you about very personal things you know Mm -hmm. like we're asking you about what are your bowel movements like Mm -hmm. what are your (laughs) you know like you have to kind of like like that's it's hard to talk about like as a you know I mean I find it I get itchy about it you know when someone asks me like I don't everything's fine I don't it's fine (laughs) You, know, you do? Saying, I would have never guessed that you do. I, I thought know, that you're like, like, you have a boob book on your table. So <laughs> I thought that you'd be like fine with everything. <laughs> I'm human too. You know, like yeah. I like to keep some things hidden for myself. Yeah. So. What I find was so helpful, both Linda and me found was so helpful is after meeting you and then you introduced us to our fertility endocrinologist, Dr. B. Um, but you were going through the same journey at the same time as Linda with IVF. And I thought it was, it was very, very helpful for us to have somebody who absolutely understands you're knowledgeable in what's going on here. And you're going through it at the same time with the same fertility endocrinologist. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the same doctor who you put us in touch with Dr. B. Um, And I think that goes back to just closing up like the last part of the conversation about the, like the talking part of, of your treatment and, and practice. I think that's where all of this comes up. Like there are just like so many paths that like you help open um, mm. through our conversations before the acupuncture and massages even begin. And that mm-hmm. that is the thing that I've found most valuable. Mm-hmm. It was interesting for me to actually, I had never gone through, you know, I've been coaching women for years kind of through the fertility IVF journey from egg freezing to making embryos and all of those things, but I had never been through the process before. So it was really interesting to be able to kind of go through that with a patient. And I mean, mm-hmm. Linda, when we, when you would come in, it was kind of amazing, like how, how in sync we were. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I just did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what it's going to be like, this is what, this is what to expect. Right. Yeah. And I could, I could come to it with a more of a personal experience versus understanding it, but never having had, having felt it in my own body. One of the a big questions that people ask me all the time is like, do you have kids? My whole life is dedicated to baby making. I would say 85 to 90% of the women and the patients coming through my door are either trying to make babies, are pregnant, or who are transitioning into postpartum. It would make sense that I would have a kid at home, but that hasn't happened for me yet. I wasn't really prepared to really have to go through it myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've been talking to women about it forever, but kind of thinking, well, it'll work out and I could, you know, I'll just get knocked up one day and like, <laughs> no, it hasn't happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and I'm getting older, you know, I'm approaching my 39th birthday. And so with that said, unfortunately, like I know all the statistics, like I know the numbers and the percentages and like what happens to a woman's fertility in these certain windows. And, 
essentially my numbers and lab works looks okay, but there's definitely no guarantee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so to have to come to that reality for myself was a big deal. But I have to say it was kind of, it was encouraging and, and there was some like camaraderie there being able to Mm -hmm. kind of go that through, through that with someone like Linda. So thanks Linda for (laughs) doing that with me. (laughs) It was so helpful. Is this, this is sort of like when, when besties, like your time of month starts to align, you guys were aligning (laughs) on this whole journey together. Grown, grown eggs. Now that you've been through this process, how has that changed your relationship with clients when you're helping them with their process? Has it given you a different perspective? Yeah, I think, I think it's made me even more compassionate uh, and empathetic to the whole process. I didn't expect myself to have as as big of an emotional response as I did. In my practice, I talk about like when you don't understand something, it's fear-based. And then fear can make things more painful, emotionally, physically, all of those things. And it surprised me how rocked I was emotionally from the whole process, Mm. even even being able to understand all the ins and outs of it. It's helped me connect to my patients that much more on a deeper level because Mm -hmm. I can really say, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And it just goes to show like, you know, you can have as much knowledge as you do and experience, but you're still human. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but I remember going into the California Fertility Clinic and seeing like so many women there. And in, in a weird way, I felt like, okay and safe because of that. Not because I want to see like other people like needing help mm-hmm. as much as I did, but like it, in a way that there was that, I guess, sense of community, even though yeah. you're not talking to anyone. Yeah, you're not alone. Or like people going in and out of your your space. Um, it was nice to see other women there. And I guess what I'm getting at is like through your vast experience, is like fertility treatment like very common? Because like I didn't, I think I knew how hard it was after only after we like started and you only hear stories about it after, but, but yeah, I didn't realize how hard it would be. It's actually much more common than you'd think. I have a colleague and she was my mentor and she used to talk about maiden versus mother. What used to be a much shorter time period. Women were getting pregnant, you know, before they were 20. Mm-hmm. And so we're very fertile then. As a society, we've kind of deemed that as like, as wrong, right? It's like, well, if you get if you get pregnant at twenty, then you haven't really lived your you haven't lived your life. You know, you have to like graduate college. You should start a career. You should travel the world. You should have multiple partners. There's all of these things that you should do. You should become a CEO. And so, like, don't even think about having babies until you're in your mid thirties, at least, if not later, kind of a thing. You have time. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. like biologically, some of us don't really have that luxury, right? right? And so. It has kind of, I think, made a push for like IVF and mm-hmm. assisted reproductive technology. We're kind of pushing the boundary as far as like really what our what our natural fertile window would be. Mm-hmm. On your side of the the treatments with massage and acupuncture, do you have quite a few people who say there's no way that helps? That doesn't help. Do, do people still try and argue that that's not something that's going to help have a baby? Uh, the short answer is yes, for sure. I have to say, if there was one point 
or one massage stroke that I could do <laughs> that would that would get you all pregnant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Quadruplets. number one, I'd be doing it. And number two, I'd be a very rich woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not a rich woman. I will tell you that. I think of pregnancy as like a bonus round to our existence. And so I think by doing things that are going to kind of create a sense of like of true wellness within your body and getting your getting your body to function optimally. So that means getting your your digestive system running smoothly and keeping your heart pumping and keeping your stress levels at a at a manageable level, getting ample mm. sleep, eating nutritionally, like all of those things if we're kind of honing in on that, then it gives room for pregnancy to occur. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. If if your body's struggling to kind of keep yourself afloat because yeah. you're just like, you're just burning the candle at both ends and kind of like just abusing your body, then it's not really, in, it's not kind of inviting a pregnancy to happen. Yeah. So how I like to approach the medicine and how I like to kind of convey it to my patients is that, do I think that acupuncture is going to get you pregnant? No. Do I think it's going to assist in the process? Yes. I think what it's going to do is start to kind of allow you to carve out time in your week to kind of focus in on the inner, on your inner self, right? And start to kind of help all those other systems that we're talking about to like kind of realign. And so Mm -hmm. that pregnancy is an option. You need to breathe to live. You don't need to be pregnant. Pregnancy is just like a, it's, it's truly a bonus. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of how we have to think about it. Yeah, at the, at the very least, that's that's what I felt because I don't know exactly what goes on physically and what it's pinpointing, but I do know that it is like two hours out of my day where I feel actually connected to my body and actually like where I'm thinking like, oh, how do I feel? When you ask, what's your body feeling like? I'm like, oh crap, I, I haven't actually thought about that. But now that you ask, you know, it's hurting here, here, and here, and I've been pooping not normally or whatever. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it is it is just intentional time to connect mm-hmm. with ourselves. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. With that mindset of pregnancy not being vital to your existence, it's sort of a bonus. There, there are many people I've talked to in the past where they just say that without having a, a baby, they just don't feel like they're complete. They don't feel like they're doing what they're meant to do in this life. So how do you, with someone that has such a, a vastly different outlook on what life is all about, how, how do you come to certain terms or bridge that? Those are really hard conversations to have. Um we create expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe society creates them for us or it's our mother's story or our sister's story or our best friend's story or, you know, whoever that, whoever that matriarch is for you that you've heard and that there's like a way in which to birth and there's not. <laughs> like you kind of have to keep like all options on the table. Mm-hmm. And I think in talking to fertility patients, it's a hard conversation to have because I think we do get so wrapped up in the idea of what will make me whole is to have a baby. 
Yeah. And I think part of that is what happens if it doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. That has to be on the table because even with incredible REs like Dr. B and all of the information that we have, it still doesn't happen sometimes. And so then it's like you kind of you talk to your patients then about what does happen then? You know what I mean? Will you still be a whole person? Is there mm-hmm. other ways in which to be a mother? Like what is really being a mother mean? And I've lost patience that way, having that conversation because it's not, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want to hear it or they're not ready to hear that. But I think it's something that needs to be considered because there just yeah. is no guarantee. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, the one thing in our process here, I mean, you tell me how you felt. I, I thought even when we were making different steps and, you know, Dr. B was saying, oh, you, you know, the, um, you have many healthy embryos. I think we ended up with five uh, healthy embryos. And I kept thinking like, okay, great, great. And I was happy because of that, but I was still being a little bit reserved. And I, I was purposely saying, making comments to Linda that were just like, but it's okay. I mean, even if it doesn't work out, we're going to still figure out our path and we'll go and we'll go. And I, in my mind, what I was trying to do is sort of, I guess, soften the blow if it didn't happen to make for it think like... For yourself or for me? But that's what I don't know. I was trying to do it for both of us, I think, a little mm. bit, um, where it's not going to feel like, well, now we're broken or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's our fault and now we're not going to be able to fulfill life the way it should be. Because in my mind, like you were saying, I, I, we, don't, we don't have to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I really want to, and Linda really wants mm-hmm. to, but if it didn't happen, we could adopt or we could do mm-hmm. something else. So I, right. I, I wonder for you, when I was saying that, did it sound like I was being like a glass half empty kind of a person or? No, you were always optimistic. I think in my, in my being like realistic, it may have come off as like pessimistic. I find that for, for myself anyway, mm. or like in me being realistic, I didn't like allow my, allow myself to be like overjoyed just in case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it comes to like just the reality of, us taking all of the necessary steps and maybe it's still not enough. I think hearing that and hearing that, you know, that is the case a lot of, a lot of the times it did alleviate some pressure off of, off of me personally, Mm. because, you know, we, you know, went to all these doctor's appointments and all these checkups and like all the scans, everything looked fine is what, is what we were told. Everything like checked out. They couldn't see anything physically wrong. Right. Of course, I have the looming like thyroid issues, um, so that's a huge thing. But but we also know that like my stress levels affected that, and my like sleep patterns and mm-hmm. and eating you habits. Like it's yeah yeah, yeah travel yeah. like traveling three times a week for the past eight to ten years. I am sure that didn't do any good for mm. for me for my body. So yeah, it did help alleviate some of the the pressure that we could be doing all of these things and we're we're lucky to be trying out all these things, but mm-hmm. it's still a reality because at the end of the day, cells need to divide and it's like a process that's completely out of our hands. Yeah. One of the biggest things that, again, like that I try to convey to my patients is that it's like not one thing that you did or didn't do that makes us work or not work. You know, it truly is there is like an element of chance and luck. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. kind of divine intervention, if you believe in that kind of a thing. If it was just about willing it to happen, it would happen. Yeah, no, of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally look at as Linda's belly is growing and I can feel a little kicking or headbutting or punching in there. Like it's really whatever it might I'm Scottish, it's headbutt. We know that. Uh, it's there's something it's just miraculous to me. Like it's just amazing to think what is about to come uh, out of Linda, this beautiful <laughs> little baby. And it just blows my mind. It does. 
I, so was that hard for you? Like, you know, as much as we want, like will things to happen, sometimes it just doesn't. Is that especially hard for you? Like your personality, when you set your mind to something, it will happen. It, things get done. So. Yeah. Um, I guess to a certain degree. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we had a conversation early on because I'm everyone knows me as the efficiency guy. If there's a way to be efficient with something and get it done well, I, I plan to, to fit it in, it'll happen. And this is the spot where like, don't do the Drew. We don't need to try and get efficient. Let's just do it right. And right. so, uh, which is great, which is fine. And I think for this, it didn't bother me as much, but I think there were frustrations when, you know, we've been trying for quite some time. But in reality, when we when we would sit down and talk about it, we weren't truly trying fully right. because I would, you know, let we work... We weren't informed. Get, no, well. we weren't informed. Yeah. And I would let work sort of lead the charge in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But once we had you and we had uh, Dr. Scott Jacobson and we had Dr. B, and, and now that we have Dr. Chin, who's our OB, it, this is giving me that confidence that there's it's not... Actually, sorry, I'm going to take that back. It kind of is the Drew factor because we have brought in the right people and we've formed this this team that are in our corner cheering us on and educating us, which makes me feel like we're being more strategic with it. How about you? Does it feel like we've been letting this happen the way it happens or do you think it's been Drewified? As As much help as we've gotten and obviously was assisted, it still felt organic in that like I've just committed to trusting the process. I don't know exactly how it all works, acupuncture, for example, but I'm just like trusting in the process and like mm-hmm. committing to like just showing up and just like being ready to receive. And part of the work is just when you leave the the clinic or the office or whatever, like we still need to live in that mindset. And it's not just, oh, a doctor's appointment, I need to check off. Mm-hmm. Like we do need to yeah. do these things like within our own homes. I will uh, give you one stat. This is a CDC stat. Is infertility a common problem? Yes, about 6% of married women aged 15 to 44 years in the United States are unable to get pregnant after one year of trying. And about 12% of women aged 15 to 44 in the United States have difficulty getting pregnant or carrying a pregnancy to term. And infertility is not always a woman's problem. Is part of that stuff. (laughs) Which is why I was doing my fertility acupuncture. Yeah, I do know that they say 50% of infertility at this, like now is male factor, which is really interesting because a lot of it does fall on the woman typically. And I think in recent years, they're actually like taking a closer look at men and Mm. and their contribution. You look back at the olden days, hundreds of years ago and watching movies or, or reading back and how whenever there was a problem with a birth or something, the woman was always blamed or they were like... I don't know. They were like the, the the wife was killed because she's not giving the heir that the that the king wanted, and they bring Wasn't in another Henry one. The eighth? Didn't he kill all was his wives? It, yeah, <laughs> it, was that what it was? There you go. And I just think I'm like, really? Did anybody ever think to uh, look at Henry the Eighth's impotency? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if anything, I just have. It's been really fun to kind of see you get past kind of the fertility process and now get to start embracing the pregnancy process, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now it's about kind of figuring out like what resources really align with you and, you know, where are the places that you want to explore? Oh, we know what we want to explore. Oh, yeah. We want want you to educate us and fill us in on the age-old tale of doula versus midwifery versus OB versus (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're sort of like... That's something that we're excited about because we've had this whole journey with you to this point, and now we're bringing you in as our doula to continue um, to help us emotionally support us as well. But I think there's so many people we talk to, and even ourselves, 
who don't really know the difference between midwifery, a doula, and why is it sometimes midwife versus OB? Why can't we just have everyone hold hands and help? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. how do you help people yeah. choose who to Work bring for. into their their circle? I guess we'll, let's start with the doula part first. So anybody that walks through my door, I sing doula's praises and you know talk to them about like if not if maybe I'm not the right fit for you, just get one. <laughs> <laughs> like do mm. it. I guess I, I looked it up the other day and like the, it comes from like the Greek word, a woman who serves. The best way for me to describe it is that you're like a coach. You mm. have no medical responsibility. You're there as like a whole, like more of like a emotional and like physical kind of like coping mechanism for mm. the birthing mother. Doulas do not deliver babies. Doulas are truly there just to kind of support the couple through the process. Mm-hmm. And the, and it helps like help navigate the birthing process. For most couples, birth is the complete unknown. And so for someone to be there with a little bit of experience to help kind of normalize aspects of the process so that they understand it better. Midwives essentially act as an obstetrician. They can provide the same kind of medical care as an OB. If you know you're having just a healthy pregnancy, you essentially are a candidate to kind of utilize midwifery care as your primary care throughout your pregnancy. You don't necessarily need to have an obstetrician. So, is um, it, there are certain um, things that a midwife can't administer. So, what if you're having a regular, healthy pregnancy, but then something goes wrong? Um, more times than not, midwives have medical doctors like obstetricians as backups. So they have mm-hmm. to find someone in their community that will back them up so that if there were if there were to be a kink in the road, you know what I mean, that they have mm-hmm. someone that they can fall back on. Midwives obviously can't perform surgery, so they cannot perform a C-section. Mm-hmm. They have access to limited amounts of drugs and or like pain management. Like a midwife isn't gonna administer an epidural for mm-hmm. you. They can't do that at home. Especially if you're signing up to kind of birth with a midwife, you're you're signing up for an unmedicated vaginal birth. Right. It's essentially what you're doing. And there's certain hospitals in town and like throughout the country that have midwives on staff, but they kind of are like kind of the in-between between like a nurse and an OB. Right. Right. In again, in a low risk setting, can they be the one that's catching the baby? Yes. Yeah. But more times than not, you would still have an OB at least in the room observing mm-hmm. in a hospital situation. But when if you're having a home birth or a birth at a birthing center, midwives kind of run the show. So mm. you're kind of relying on them to be your doctor. I guess the thing is is to think about that birth is a like as a natural physiological process that should just be observed. Intervention should happen when it's necessary. When mm-hmm. when something it doesn't seem like it's going right or someone's in danger. And like, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of Western medicine on every level is that it has the ability to intervene in, in ways in which we weren't able to do 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 300 years ago, kind of a thing. And that's why like we, we feel like we needed, in addition to our OB, I felt like I was missing that piece of the emotional connection and support. And I think like the educational piece as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like just through our conversations and, and our time with you. And it feels like a, a good combination of Western as well as like a more holistic approach that, that you bring. And yeah. I love that. Like you don't, 
you, you've never said like, oh, medicine is bad because it helps us and it allows mm-hmm. us to, you know, get through certain challenges or whatever. But there's also like the holistic approach. And I, right. I can take advantage of the modern technology that we have. But we don't need to jump on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Knowing that it's there, I think it like does all of us a lot of good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> puts us all at ease, you know, mm-hmm. like thank goodness. Yeah. Well, that is you. You are the one that puts our minds at ease. Uh, so we thank you so much for everything that you've done for us over the last year and a half and will continue mm-hmm. to do as our doula. We like mm-hmm. to wrap up with a speed round, though, if you are game. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the speed round goes against this like slow vibe. This this is the first one. This will be the slow round. My first slow round question is whether it's home birth, water birth, in the hospital, what's your preferred birth experience? Her ideal. Mm-hmm. Oh, home birth, water birth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wait, I don't I know it's supposed to be like a speed round, but can you elaborate? No, it's a slow round. Oh slow round, yeah. Can you elaborate why? Because we talked about, I think we talked with you about that yeah. too, the, the idea of water birth and whatnot. Water is an, a, like amazing for birthing because it, it allows you to feel weightless when there's so much there's so much downward energy happening and to kind of have that as a coping mechanism to kind of give you a break from all that downward pressure and gravity, I think is really awesome. I also have just seen just incredible videos of, you know, like that the baby is born and until they like take their first breath, like they can be out of the womb because essentially going into water is like being in the amniotic sac. So they don't, they can be under there for a little bit and which is kind of amazing to see and to see Mm -hmm. them kind of like, you're not just kind of pulling them out into the air. Oh, wow. So so my two things that have always scared me about that from what I read and have, have read is one, when does the baby take his first breath? Because I... From what I'm understanding, it's not just when you disconnect the umbilical cord. It could happen earlier. So some people have keep a baby under too long and then they drowned. Or some people don't, they did something, or there's a bacteria issue with uh, infection. I wouldn't, I mean, you're not going to keep the baby under there for right. 10, 10 minutes. But, you know, essentially that they're not, they're not gasping for air until they're kind of met with air, with air essentially. Mm-hmm. So they can come out of the womb and into the water and be under the water for a little bit because they don't know it's no different than when they were, you know, in the in there. back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's always risk of infection. There's all kinds of things that could happen, but that's what you have a medical team for that kind of keeps mm. that at ease. What do you think is the best first meal to eat after birth, right after birth? A burger and like fries. Like I want you to get as much like iron. I mean, by design, like birth is a big chi and blood loss. Right, mm. inevitably, no matter what kind of birth, C-section, vaginal birth, uncomplicated, mm. medicated or not medicated, like just by design, there's a vacancy there. So anything we can do to start to kind of fill you back up. <laughs> and then to your placenta shake. Smoothie. Oh, I was wondering if this was going to come up. So actually, <laughs> I forgot to bring that up before, but um, really, <laughs> this is the worst speed round ever. I told you, ever. it's a slow round. So... Uh, when we were talking, you said, oh, you just like casually, you said in one of our conversations, like, yeah. And then afterwards, I will make you the best placenta smoothie. Uh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what? That's just like, you're going to go to the store and grab a smoothie. You're like, you're going to take the placenta. Make-. How does that work? Doesn't that have to go through a process of like cleaning it so that you're not, how does that work? Gosh, this, <laughs> this is such a controversial topic. Um, <laughs> I am not a professional placenta person. 
there are percent of people out there who will encapsulate and do all the amazing things. I have been at births where midwives and doulas have taken the placenta, rinsed it off, cut off the membrane, put it in a blender and made women's smoothies with them. You know, the idea behind ingesting your placenta is that mammals do it in the wild. So is there, is there a benefit to that? Now the argument is, is that they are trying to keep themselves from predators. So they're kind of cleaning up a very vulnerable scene. Mm. So as they're not a target, which you don't have to worry about, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no predators coming after you after you get childbirth. But I do think that, like, you know, there's, a, there's some pretty amazing, like, hormones and enzymes, proteins, all kinds of amazing things that are running through your body during pregnancy. Yeah. And then it all comes out. So if there's a way to kind of get that back in to start the healing process, I do as as woo-woo as it sounds, um, and even if it's just placebo, I think that there's something about ingesting it that kind of can start that healing process and give it a little bit of a a jump start. No, I think it makes sense. I mean, there there could be a lot of nutrients and a lot of healthy things. The only thing is, Linda said to me the other day, she's like, okay, so Drew, you're willing to try my placenta? I'm like, no, I don't need your nutrients. It's custom designed to your body. You do that. You do you, I do me. I'll go and get some more supplements from the store. But, well, they say uh, that there's a lot of yang energy. What's that? Like yin versus yang. So yang is like fire. Yang okay. is like male energy. Um, uh, and there's a lot of yang energy going on during birth. And so there could be something to be said about, you know, Drew, mm-hmm. that could be beneficial to you or ha- maybe something fun for you to try maybe later uh, after Linda's healed, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> No, please clarify. What, it's like what's natural going? Viagra, maybe something of oh. that nature. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All right, all right. Hannah's, Good to know. Hannah is cracking up behind. <laughs> See, I thought I heard you say young energy. There's a lot of good young, not yeah, young, that, but that, that works too. too. That's the same same thing. All right. Well, next question. Okay. <laughs> what's your go-to smell to calm a woman or their partner during pregnancy? Lavender, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. that's like, it's kind of a, it's neutral enough. It's kind of calming and like balancing effects. Sometimes I've had in the birth room, I've seen people do lavender and citrus, which is Mm -hmm. kind of nice because the citrus has a little bit of like an energizing, Mm -hmm. but then the, but then the lavender could be calming. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't like make you too sleepy. Am I going into Zen mode? Just thinking about it. Lavender and citrus. (laughs) Remember that. (laughs) okay last slow round question best advice you received from parents growing up switching gears a little yeah from my parents growing up yeah Mm -hmm. oh i have a better i have an answer that wasn't from my parents but uh, any any parents yeah when someone told me that the best advice that they ever got was today is not the rest of your life Mm. And I think for my patients and for, especially for new parents, and I mean, even for me in my, in my personal life, inevitably there will be hard days. Inevitably there will be frustrating days. There'll be days that you're, you feel like it's never going to end. You know what I mean? Like that baby's crying and you just can't get them to stop. And Mm. it seems like there's no way out. And like finding a way to kind of remember that there's always tomorrow and there's always the day after that. 
and that to, like, today is just today. That is great advice. Well, thank you so much for taking thank the you, time Molly. to hang out with us. Yeah, thank you guys. And by the way, we have an amazing team and just want to say a huge thank you to all of them. We could not do this without them. Brandon Angelino. Annalie Bell. Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis. West Friend. Chris Cobain. Nicole Schachter. And Sabrina Ayakobuchi. Also, our theme music is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And our music composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have a few seconds, don't forget to subscribe and rate. Yes, please do. Please do. And also leave comments. Comments on our social media at At Home. We love to hear from you. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. (laughs) Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.